0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today we celebrate Easter Sunday. Now everything about the Christian life flows from the resurrection of Jesus Christ and flows back to it. Now the resurrection of Christ is the cornerstone, the anchor of everything about the Christian life. Mind you, the first few years of our early church, the apostles preached one thing and one thing only. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Now, did the apostles talk about Jesus' preaching and teaching and way of life? Yes, but that came later on. Did the apostles talk about Jesus' miracles and his great many works? Yes, but that came later on. The very first years of our early church church, The apostles preached one thing and one thing only. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. It made that much of an impact upon the apostles. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel for today's readings. It comes from the 20th chapter from John. Notice how it begins. Early in the morning on the first day of the week. Now, there are many parallels between Genesis and the gospel of John. Genesis says what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, in the prologue to John's Gospel, it says what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through the Gospel of John, we see Jesus Christ as the re-creator of the world, a world gone wrong because of sin. And so, Jesus is repeating the great work of God in the story of Genesis. And so we hear in today's gospel, on the first day of the week, early in the morning, well, we are at the very beginning. It's still dark, like it was before creation of light. God said in Genesis, let there be light, and now a light is going on. In this case, it's the light of the resurrection, which is the recreation of the world, a new life and a new direction for us all. We have been moving in one direction because of original sin. Now, because of Jesus' resurrection, we are now moving in another way. Now, next in the story, it says, Mary Magdalene came upon the tomb, and she saw that the stone had been rolled away. The very stone that was rolled across the tomb to keep robbers and animals out, well, now this great stone, which took several men to move, This stone is symbolic of the finality of death. Before Jesus Christ, death was the end. When somebody cried in the ancient world, they grieved the loss of the person because they knew they would never see that person again. And now this stone has been moved. Symbolically speaking, we now have a whole new statement on the resurrection of Christ. It's a terrible finality of death has been removed. Now, Mary Magdalene, her first impression was grave robbers. Grave robbers stole Jesus' body. Now, someone didn't necessarily break into the tomb, but instead someone broke out of the tomb. And that's Jesus Christ. Turn back to the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Remember what God says? I will open your graves and have you rise from them. Well, this was the God of the Old Testament and his promise to us all. Now on Easter Sunday, it becomes an accomplished fact. God opens our graves and he has us rise from those graves as he symbolically rolls back that stone, which is a symbol of death and its finality, now no longer has its grip over us. And so Mary then runs, and she tells the apostles, especially Peter and John. And so we learn in the story, Peter and John run to the tomb. John arrives first. He looks in, and he sees the burial clothes. Peter arrives, and he sees the same thing. It says, They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial clothes there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial clothes there and the cloth that had covered Jesus' head, not with the other burial clothes, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who arrived at the tomb first. He saw and he believed. And so it begs the question, why is John telling us about this burial wrappings? Why is this odd detail so important? Well, first, it signals the eyewitness quality of the story, one of those odd details that you come up with when you're telling a true story. Second, and probably more importantly, they're noticing the odd way in which the clothes are lying. If a grave robber had come in, first of all, why would he bother unwrapping the body? Why just take everything? It would be easier. More to it, if the grave robber's took the burial clothes off the body, why wouldn't the robbers simply toss the clothes aside in an unkept position on the floor? The implication of this story is that the burial clothes were lying undisturbed and the cloth around Jesus' head was rolled up neatly and placed in another place. When the apostles see this, they believe. What did they really see? Well, they saw this peculiar quality of the burial clothes that seemed to suggest that the body of Jesus Christ couldn't have been taken away. But instead, the body of Jesus passed through those burial clothes as he rose from the dead. Just like Jesus would, a little while later, pass through the locked doors to appear to the apostles for the first time after his resurrection There's something about these clothes that signaled to them what had happened. Taking a step further, in all of these eyewitness accounts, they all attest to the fact that Jesus was bodily raised from the dead. Mind you, it was not a resuscitation of a corpse like Lazarus. It was a bodily resurrection. And so Jesus is alive and he's living a new and transformed life making that life now available to us all, we, his followers. And you can sense this in every page of the New Testament. Think of it. If all they meant that Jesus' cause was to go on, if that's all the New Testament writers meant, then no one would have taken them seriously. More to it, their excitement would it not have come through in all the pages of the New Testament epistles. Because the New Testament writers would be saying the same old story. But instead, we hear, and it is a fact, that the apostles were bowled over, astonished by something entirely new, something they entirely never expected, a new embodiment of life made possible through God's grace. Somehow, everything that the apostles thought about the world had to be rethought and changed. Everything that they ever imagined now had to be looked at in a different way in light of Jesus' resurrection bodily from the dead. We hear this in the very first reading from Peter. Notice what Peter says. They put him to the death by hanging him on a tree. This man God raised on the third day and granted that he be visible, not to all the people but to us, the witnesses chosen by God in advance. Who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So it begs the question why? Why does just Jesus appear to a few, as Peter mentioned in the first reading? Why didn't he just stand on top of the temple and make himself universally available to all the people? Why didn't he appear to Pontius Pilate or even Caesar? How come he only appeared to these few? Well, I think. John Henry Newman gives us the great answer. He said Jesus appeared to a few for the sake of the mission. Jesus wanted this news to go out to the ends of the world. If Jesus appeared universally to everybody, what would have had happened? Some people would be interested and some people wouldn't be. So Jesus appeared to a small group. The small group who loved him, who listened to him, who ate and drank with him, Jesus appeared to this small group because he wanted to announce his resurrection to the world, and that announcement would happen through the apostles, which is our church. And so the church continues the mission of Jesus Christ, proclaiming that Christ is risen from the dead, and now each and every one of us has a life that is infinitely more greater than the life in this world waiting for us in the world of heaven. The world we are all tending to. And so we must live into that reality and not be afraid. Now more than ever, as we live in this pandemic of the coronavirus, now we have to live with courage and be unafraid. The saints were great examples of this. The saints lived fearless lives. They were afraid of nothing. That's why they were always fully alive. What does fear do? Well, fear spiritually paralyzes us, prevents us from being fully alive. Well, through Jesus' resurrection, now he gives us the hope and the promise of immortality to come. And so on this Easter Sunday, Jesus Christ is giving us that same mission, the mission that he gave the apostles. We, Jesus' followers, who eat and drink with him every time we gather for Mass, he appears to us for the same purpose that we will be inspired to announce that Jesus Christ is living. He is risen from the dead, and now he lives on in us. And we announce that, not just today on Easter, but each and every day of our life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.